Welcome back to More Than Tracy Turnblad, the podcast about bat representation in entertainment and media. My name is Abby Rose Morris, and today I am talking with Yell Teagle. She's a writer, producer, and host, and we have an awesome conversation coming up. It has been a really intense couple of weeks for everyone in this country and possibly the world. And I'm just kind of sitting with that, as probably you all are too, Um, sending you love in this insane time. It's been an insane time. The insanity just keeps piling on. It's rough out here. And I don't want to do like a happy little intro segment about some fat representation because of that. But I do want to tell you about a blog post that I wrote on Patreon about emergency contraception options for fat people. I was seeing some kind of conflicting and vague advice about it because, as many of you know and has been discussed previously on this podcast, um, Plan B is not as effective and then completely ineffective at higher weights. And so I wanted to get really clear on what those numbers were because I was seeing a bunch of different ones. So I wrote this whole blog post about it and all the ways that Roe versus Wade being overturned will have a unique impact on fat people. So I decided to make that post public, consider it a little preview of what Patreon subscribers get twice a month. Um, It is up now. It's linked in our link tree, which I will link in the show notes. And I definitely recommend you check it out if this is something that's confusing to you. I also linked to a bunch of studies in it so you can read the actual data it is very appalling how little fat people are considered in uh, medicine as a whole, studies as a whole, and specifically reproductive care. But it's really important information for us to have. So check that out if you would like to know the scoop on emergency contraception for fat people, because I didn't know that plan B doesn't work for people who are above 176 pounds and it works less well for people above 155 pounds. I found that out from Shrill the TV show. So thank you, Shrill. Thank thank you, Shrill, for doing such a public service. But yeah, it's literally insane that I found out from a TV show, but damn, Lindy West is doing God's work. So I am very glad that that exists. But yeah, it's pretty crazy how that information is not really available. It's not mandated to be on the packaging, and so it's not because they know they can't get more money that way. And um, apparently the evidence isn't conclusive enough for it to be on the packaging. So just wanted to make everybody aware of that. I know I've talked about it on here before, and if you want all the details, 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 that is in the blog post. Other than that, just a few updates Welcome to a Thursday episode of this podcast. We are now a Thursday podcast. I am very excited to have a new podcast day. And I hope you like Thursdays because I like Thursdays. And here we are. I am currently deep in preparation for my Edinburgh Fringe journey with more than Tracy Turnblad, the solo show. And so we are revamping our GoFundMe uh, because we did hit our initial goal, but we've had some additional expenses come up and so are trying to raise another $2,000. So if you are able to contribute to that at all, that would be wonderful. Also linked in the show notes. And we have some really exciting new perks for those who can contribute. Uh, If you are able to donate $10 or more, you will be thanked on the next episode of this podcast after your donation. 
And if you donate $25 or more, you will receive a personalized postcard handwritten by me from Edinburgh, Scotland. And if you donate $50 or more, you will get access to the recorded version of More Than Tracy Turnblad, the solo show from its New York performances last month. So great perks. Check them out. And that's all, again, linked in the description. I have been thinking about what I want the podcast to look like going forward, and I would love to hear from you guys on what kind of episodes you want to see, because I really enjoy doing the episodes on specific tropes and specific characters and specific, like, TV, movie, plays, whatever. Like, I really enjoy doing those. And I'm wondering if that is something you want to see more of on the main feed, because right now we're mostly doing it on Patreon. And speaking of which, new Patreon episode that dropped last week was on the Whole30 Diet. Uh, and I had my friend Liberty LaFerriere come on the podcast. She's one of my best friends from college and is also stage managing more than Tracy Turnblad in Edinburgh. And we talked about how we did the Whole30 together in college and how it messed both of us up in like very lingering ways. And we get a lot into our like personal trauma with it, but also we just roast the Whole30 in general and it's really fun. And I really love doing this kind of episode. And so I'm I'm wanting to mix it up a little bit uh, after hiatus because we are going to take a little break in August while in Edinburgh. I'm hoping to do some episodes with people I meet there. I think that would be really fun. But um, I don't know how insane it's going to be. So I'm just not going to promise anything yet. It'll just kind of be a seat of my pants surprise, um, which is naturally how I roll. I'm not really a deadlines girl. So I'm just going to just going to embrace my true nature for this next couple months. But we will have one more episode before I leave, um, which will be two weeks from now. So that's what's up. I hope you are all taking care of yourselves. Um, go outside, smell a flower, write a list of the beautiful things in life that you appreciate. That's all I got right now, pretty much. I mean, I'm really good at getting joy from the little things and that pretty much keeps me going. And I really encourage you to do that. Uh, if you're feeling down, I feel like that's just feels sometimes like all we have left. I know that's really dark, but I'm, it's America. (laughs) That's all. Uh, Much love. And I hope you enjoy my interview with Yell Teagle. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to finally be here. Yes, absolutely. So first off, like, tell us how you got into hosting and like where, what has led you to where you are in life? Yeah. So uh, I grew up thinking I was going to be an actor. Um, Mm I spent my whole life doing children's theater, high school theater, all of that. I was going to not go to college and move to LA and become a waitress because that is how you become an actor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was the plan. Uh, And then I ended up going to, um, I went to college, I went to San Francisco State University, and I didn't do a single acting thing there, and left school and was very lost, and then kind of stumbled into entertainment hosting and realized that I actually was a terrible actor and was never going to (laughs) make it, but I am a really great host, and so I found my passion there. 
Cool. And did you grow up like in the San Francisco area? Yeah, I grew up just south of San Francisco in Palo Alto, which when I was growing up was not a place people had heard of. So now I say Palo Alto and they go, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. But (laughs) growing up, people were like, where is that? Yeah. No, I'm like, I'm such an East Coaster. I know like San Francisco, LA and Sacramento and anything else like right over my head. (laughs) Great. Palo Alto is where Facebook is. Um, Ah, well, there you go. There you go. (laughs) So, um, when you were growing up and like up to this point, when did you first become aware of like body size as a factor in the entertainment industry? In the entertainment industry, I think uh, early because I I grew up thinking I wanted to be an actor. And so I remember um, there was not Barbizon, but a different uh, company that... (laughs) a different, you know, scam for children to become talent. Yes. Um had reached out and my dad was on the phone with them and they were like, "Yes, we're looking for 12, 13-year-old uh kids." And my dad said, "Okay, but but she doesn't look 13. She doesn't look like that." And they were like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "She's she's built like a woman. Like she doesn't look like that." Yeah. Um and so being aware that I didn't look like I was supposed to at that time mm-hmm. to get the, you know, to be scammed, I guess, to join the Barbizon or to join the, I don't remember what company it was, but I wasn't, I was too fat to be scammed. Like, I think that's when I first realized that that was a thing. Wow. That's my identity. <laughs> too fat to be scammed. <laughs> wow. So when you first started getting into hosting, did you feel like body stuff showed up there less than when you were an actor? Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, When I started hosting, um, I was with this amazing company uh, and they had just started doing YouTube videos and I got the opportunity to host for them and realized that that was my passion. And as they grew, they started leaning more towards what they called a professional look. Oh, yeah. So that was not me. <laughs> um, and what what happened there? Um, I decided to move to L.A. and I told them that they could keep me on as an employee or they could find someone else. And gotcha. so I moved to L.A. and I continued to work with them, um, but no longer on camera. And then the company was acquired as happens and I got let go and I found my way into hosting elsewhere. Can you like give everybody who may not be super familiar with the industry like a basic breakdown of what hosting is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what a weird thing I do. Um, so <laughs> there are so many different types of hosts. Um, mm-hmm. I would say what I do is mostly entertainment hosting. Um, I've done like red carpet reporting. So if you ever watch an award show, the person who stands there and asks who they are wearing, that is the kind of thing I do. Um, I also, I prefer to do more based on, I, because I grew up being an actor, I like to interview talent about their talents and not about their personal lives or their clothing or any of that. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever seen um, an interview with an actor, usually they're sitting in front of the poster for the movie they're promoting, that kind of thing. That's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the person usually interviewing them for that. Gotcha. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're also a writer, right? Yes. I also write, um, I write entertainment stuff and I'm working on a novel. Um, 
And yeah, a fat romance novel. I oh fell gosh. into a fat romance novel hole in the past month. And um, oh, tell me more. <laughs> so it started with well, so I'm I'm not a big reader. It's like this weird joke on the internet that I can't read. And um, I recently read because of a TikTok. I read Olivia Dade's um, book, mm-hmm. All the Feels, and then I read all the other ones of hers that are available in the library app. And then I read a bunch of just fat romance novels and I'll post a list if people care to read these, if you're into fat romance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I write a little bit of that. And I, I also, I, you know, I used to write entertainment news and things like that. And I still do just a bit. Cool. So when you are interviewing actors or other entertainment personalities, uh, do you find that body stuff ever comes up in any way? Yes. Um, I actively try to talk to any fat talent that is available, yeah. um, specifically because there's a lot for us to talk about that I know no one else is asking. I, I mean, aside from you, <laughs> not a lot of people are asking them these questions. Um, and so, yeah, we we are doing the thing that, that mm-hmm. makes us happy and bringing we're, you know, we want to support our community. And so going out and finding people who are out there being the face of it is important to bring their voice to our people. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And so you have the Fat Girl Show, right? Yes. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the Fat Girl Show uh, has been a project of mine for, I don't know, for like 15 years now. I, In wow. my mind, it will be a show on TV that's going to happen. Um, And the whole idea, you know, it started out as just um, a place to talk about fat girl issues and then became a place to promote fat girl properties and projects and things like that. And fat girl is used uh, as a gender neutral term. Um, Fat girl Mm -hmm. show is not uh, limited just to uh, anyone who identifies as female. It is, we promote uh, fat males, fat non-binary people, everyone, the the fat people. Um, but I am the fat girl. And so that is why I called it that. <laughs> yeah. Have you always identified as fat? N- uh, no. I mean, it took me a long time to get to the word fat, as I'm sure it took a lot of us. You know, that was a word that was used against us for so long. For sure. For sure. What was that journey like for you? So at some point, um, when somebody... I don't know when this was, but people used to say something and I would go, did you just call me fat? And it would freak them out, which made me laugh so hard. And somehow (laughs) that got me comfortable with calling myself fat because I saw how uncomfortable it made them. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, I don't know why that amuses me so much. Oh my gosh. I feel like I've had a very similar experience. Like someone asked me why I use the word fat like the other day. And I said, because my whole life, it just felt like everybody was so scared to, and everyone was so unwilling to use it that when I use it, it feels like I'm finally just saying what they're not saying. And that feels powerful and like a little bit like a fuck you. Yes, absolutely. Um, I remember I was talking about, I was still living in San Francisco before I moved to LA. I was talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, using the term fat and how like, you know, when I started putting myself on YouTube with the different networks that I was working for, I knew that I was going to be called fat. Like I was prepared for that 
you know, I, I have this belief that if you uh, can't take the comments on the internet, don't be on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I knew going in that I was going to be called fat. And I remember telling my coworkers and somebody said, have you seen this video? And it was Megan Todges. And I was like, oh my God, this girl's saying the same thing I'm saying. Like, I own a mirror. I know what I look like. I, I have to dress this body. I know that it's fat and I'm okay with that. Um, so yeah, it's it really is amazing to like take it and be like, this is it. And somebody, it was one of the many TED Talks where women have said like, you know, you, you call me fat and I, I, or I call myself fat and it's the same thing as saying I'm a brunette. Like, you're not going to be like, right. no, no, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. I am a brunette. Yeah. And when you can't stand to hear your friend call themselves fat, like that just tells us what you think about fat people. Yes. Um, I've recently been really struggling with leaving the fat community and hearing the regular world. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you'll, you'll in the community, like we understand, we understand what, what is hurtful, what is, what is Mm -hmm. hurtful to us when somebody else says it. And then you go out into the real world and you hear just everyday people saying these things that were like, oh, you don't know yet that that's terrible. Like saying, you know, Ooh, you know what I have to, if I'm going to eat this slice of cake, I have to walk it off later. You, You haven't gotten to the point yet where you, you don't know that's a terrible, that's a terrible way to live your life. Right. Or they just say look better when they mean thinner. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. I um, I have found out that my fam- my distant relatives are seeing my Instagram and have been commenting about how great I look. And I have been responding, I don't know what you're saying. I've always looked phenomenal. Like, I don't know what it is that you're trying to say yeah. because I, they're like, wow, you look so sexy. And I went, I've always looked sexy. Like I'm always wearing like lingerie as clothing. I don't know why all of a sudden now I look sexy to you. What are you trying to say? Yeah. So has your like weight fluctuated in the course of your time in entertainment? Um, My weight has fluctuated. Yes, I guess it has. I mean, I, I, I went on a specific birth control um, at the same time that I lost uh, someone very important to me and I gained a lot of weight and I was fine with it. Um, I didn't notice and people did. And um, yeah, it, you know, life is what it is. And I didn't, it didn't bother me. Um, And then recently I've had other health issues and my weight has changed again and I will not address my weight change with the public my my body's my body do you find that it and no pressure to answer this question if you don't want to or feel comfortable but do you find that that's showed up in your career at all um I don't think so because I've always been the fat host or sorry mm-hmm. the plus size host uh, as they call me um I I don't think it's been such a an issue because I'm not, it's not like I became thin overnight. No one's being like, Oh, look at that. Yells a size two now. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm still fat. And so, um, no one has in terms of my career, it has not affected my work one way or another because I'm still fat. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's funny. We actually had a big talk about this when we were talking about rebel Wilson's weight loss Mm. because her whole brand depended 
on being fat basically and so it's like when you when that's the identity you've built then what happens whereas it feels like when a celebrity is thin and then gains weight which is i guess rarer or at least rarer for them to still get work if they gain weight it feels like they've already established themselves as a full person so then gaining weight is like a party trick or it's inspirational or it's a gimmick absolutely um the the whole rebel wilson thing it just feels it's weird to say about a stranger but it feels like a betrayal it feels so hurtful um but you're right i think you know when especially like men male actors when they gain weight for a role it's like wow right wow magic i mean i'm not intending to ever be thin i don't care to it does not Mm -hmm. appeal to me um and i say this i knowing full well that i am coming from a place of privilege of being on the smaller fat spectrum Mm -hmm. i clarify that i'm aware of that and at my largest i was a, a medium fat and i will i will if i if i gain it back then i gain it back and that's fine yeah so can you tell us why you don't want to be thin um I don't know that I have a reason. I have just no interest in it. It doesn't. This is my body. This is what I look like. I don't know that there's. That's completely a good enough reason. I know growing up I wanted to be thin. I thought that I had to be. I thought, you know, but I also would like to be taller. What am I going to do about that? You know, exactly. Exactly. I could be uh, personally, I could be taller or shorter. I think it'd be really fun to be shorter, even shorter and fatter. I'd be so cute. (laughs) I'd love to be taller always wanted to be taller (laughs) actually that's not true I used to be the tallest in my class and so I was very insecure about that for like a minute Mm. and now I'm like I just want to be like six feet tall (laughs) I was the tallest in my class uh because I had puberty before everybody same I was so cool and then everyone else had puberty and it turns out I'm short (laughs) I didn't know that. Yep. That seems like a very common experience that I also had. And everyone in my family was like, yeah, you might be tall now, but in a few years, everybody's going to catch up and they're going to be way taller than you. And I was like, no, (laughs) No obviously that happened. No one told me that. (laughs) Everyone was like, yeah, you're going to be tall. And I was like, I'm going to be tall. And then I was tall for a minute. I am the height of an eighth grader currently because that is where I stopped. And it really sucks. And I remember being, because again, I I blossomed early and my Mm -hmm. mom didn't want to let me go to the school dance because all the boys came up to my breasts and she was like, you can't go. And I was like, why? That's their problem. (laughs) That's so funny just because they were just like right at eye level. Yeah. Oh my God. It's not my problem. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. It's not your fault. Right. You just happened to be at the perfect height. Yeah. Also... What was I supposed to do, not go through puberty? I don't know what the problem was. I know, I know. Oh, it's so weird. People have such odd reactions to early puberty. It's, yeah. It's very weird. It can be such a, I mean, it's a horrible time for literally everybody. <laughs> but I think it's uniquely horrible to be going through it first and alone. Yes, yeah. And then, you know, to be to be the girl that, you know, when I think back, like I had breasts before anyone else in my class. And, and then to get to, to get to like high school where I had the biggest breasts and then everyone else started growing breasts. And, and I remember all the boys were like, we love big boobs. And I was like, Hey, and they were like, not yours. And I was like, literally say, I don't get it. Mine are the biggest. Why am I not popular? Exactly. And it's funny, even to this day, like 
people have said to me before like i've been like well men like don't pay attention to me like no men are ever attracted to me and people have said oh but your boobs are so big i'm like they don't care about that (laughs) yeah they all claim see that's the thing i've i've been recently online dating and here's what i'm Mm. learning about men uh they all want what they call curvy and in yes. no way is that actual curves. This is so true. They'll be like, oh, I love chubby girls. And it's like a girl whose stomach is like the one step up from flat. Like right. they want literally not to be able to see all of her bones. Like they want a girl who's hot according to today's standards versus 2002's standards. Like Yes. <laughs> so, and you know, that's all well and good. And like all bodies are beautiful. But like be that's not chubby men (laughs) that's not chubby and if you say that to that girl if you're like oh yeah i'm so into chubby girls she's probably gonna kill you right like she's she's not going to find that to be a compliment exactly and i think there's a big assumption from men that if they do like plus size women that they should tell us right away because we'll be excited (laughs) Mm. and um that also does not work yeah um yeah it's honestly, in my current online dating uh, world, I am like translating all of the everything everyone's saying, and it is frustrating. Um, somebody literally wrote like, I don't want anyone full figured, voluptuous or curvy. And I was like, oh, just say you're fat phobic, man. Like, I don't know what you're who you're trying to impress, because if I read, I mean, I read it and I was upset and I'm fat, but like if I weren't fat and I read that and I still had my brain and was in the world that I'm in, I would be like, you're just fat phobic. Yeah, totally. And I think like my thin friends would read that and be like, oh, so I cannot gain any weight if I date you. And like your love is conditional. Yeah. I also am struggling with, you know, there's that thing Um, I I think it was Jenny Trout wrote an article years ago about how we love that um, Jennifer Lawrence loves uh, fries. But if Melissa McCarthy ever said that she loved fries, it would be a whole other conversation. And so I'm reading these profiles and all these guys are like, I want a girl who likes to eat. And I want, you know, I Mm -hmm. love tacos. And I literally can't name a single food on my app, on my profile. No, 100%. Like, and I also love to cook. I love to go to restaurants. That's like a legitimate hobby for a thin person. But for me, it's like not even safe to disclose until I already know you. Right. It's such a weird, uh, weird thing to navigate. I will say this, though. I went on a date, first date, a long time. We've been in a pandemic. And um, I mentioned something about... Uh, we were talking about TikTok and he said something about how uh, he was like, oh, are you you're on thick talk? And I went, no, I'm on fat talk. Like, I don't thick talk is those are those are not fat people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on fat talk. Yeah. And he didn't say anything like he didn't oh. correct me. He didn't tell me I wasn't fat. And I was like, "Ooh, a man who knows okay. to keep his mouth shut. That's a good quality. It's a, Hope there's a second quality. date. So. <laughs> Regarding like fat versus thick versus curvy versus like all these ways that people have of saying fat or not. Yeah. And like the sort of levels of that. When you are doing the fat girl show, what do you qualify as fat? Like what is the threshold for things that you want to report on? Um, That's a really great question. I think um, 
I think anyone who is in the plus world. Um, so for example, well, uh, almost because I do, you know, mm-hmm. you can look through who the fat girl show follows and a lot of it is plus models and plus brands. Um, but I will sometimes if I'm looking at a plus model and I go, wait a second, why am I following her? This girl is not plus mm-hmm. I will unfollow and I will remove her from what we're promoting because if you are a size 12 with a flat stomach you just happen to be six foot two I don't know and have huge breasts like I don't know that you qualify to, to our community you don't deal with the same things that we deal with um, but I think that when I see a, a plus girl that is visibly plus um I think that's where I do it. I want to say it a 14, but I don't know. Sizing is so arbitrary. Yeah. Um, What about like celebrities who are like what I call entertainment fat, where it's like they get cast as a role that is like the fat role, but yet they may not actually be in plus sizes? Um, Honestly, there have been times where I'm watching something and I went, ooh, I should add them to the fat girl show. And I go to their Instagram and go, no. Yeah. Every, it happens it happens every once in a while where I'm like, ooh, yes, fat friend. And then I go and look them up and go, I don't know why we're being taught this. I don't know yeah. why we're being told this person's fat. I think there's also a big dichotomy of what you look like on camera versus the Instagram because you can do so much more with angles. And like particularly Hollywood loves to call anybody who like has any bit of like roundness to their face fat. And then those people don't always have bodies that I guess match. I I don't like that terminology, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's like an awkward thing too, because people can really look fatter on camera than their bodies actually are depending on the shape of their face, which is just very weird. I mean, I, I've seen that for myself for sure. In that like I posted a photo of myself in a bathing suit and where I happened to be holding my towel looked like I had a flat stomach. And I had to write in my comment when I posted it, like, Whatever you're thinking you want to say, don't. It's not a compliment. It's just the angle of this photo. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I see myself on video doing, you know, some podcast or doing uh, my after shows or interviewing a celebrity, specifically if I'm next to a person, you can see that I am not whatever my new angles have looked like I have become. Right. Um, It's really Instagram as much as like we post what's real. It's not. None of it's real. It's so not. And everybody posts the photos that they think look best. And we live in a fat phobic world. And most of the time, that's going to be the one where you don't look as fat. Like, and I think, you know, I don't, I don't know if we can fault people for that because that's the paradigm we're all raised into, but that's just is what it is. Instagram is a wild place. I really feel like social media as a fat person has been largely positive for me, which people like look at me like I have three heads when I say, but the truth is I just never followed the skinny people who would have made me feel bad about myself. And I already, when I joined Instagram, like I knew I was so far from that, that like I didn't aspire to it anymore because like I just knew what it would like take and it would take everything from me. And if I could even do it then, and I like, I already, I was too tired. So (laughs) like, I don't know. um, How has your experience of social media been? Yeah, I have a a strict rule on my personal account. I don't follow anyone that is thinner than me unless I know them personally. It's going to sound real, real pompous, but if it's a celebrity, 
that is thinner than me, then I know them personally. <laughs> because I, I've interviewed them and we became friends or I worked with them on something or, you know, we just met in LA. Industry queen, I Industry, love. <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm just so special. <laughs> um, but it's something that I, I enforced early and... Um, when I talk to people and they tell me how they see these Instagrammers and they feel bad about themselves, I'm like, what? that's your choice. You started following them. You didn't have to. And I, I, you know, people, as much as we hate to hear, how did you get so confident? People ask me for tips all the time. And the biggest tip I have is change who you're following. You're, you need to reprogram your brain because now when I look at, when I online shop and I go to somewhere like Torrid and I see plus size models, my brain is like, great, that is a plus model and that is what it'll look like on a plus body. Yeah. May not be the same shape as mine, but at least I get a better idea. But when I go to any website that is not plus, it is jarring because I am <laughs> not used same. to that anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that really changing, it is about changing your mind it is about changing what you're looking at and you have control over it specifically on Instagram. That is something you personally can control is mm -hmm. what you are seeing. Yeah, that's so, that's so true. It's excellent advice and it's it's so important. Um, when you first got into hosting, was Instagram a thing? It was becoming a thing just before I moved to L.A., um, mm -hmm. I had an Instagram and my friends, because I lived in San Francisco where everyone was real tech savvy and was with all the apps and they were like, you need Instagram. And I didn't get it. And I really wish I would have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, at what point were, did you start following all these plus size folks? And like, did you find the online fat community? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know when I, I found them. Um but I'm so glad that I did. I really don't mm -hmm. know when or how. But now I know that most of the ones I find now are through TikTok. Yeah. Um, and what I do is I'm on Fat Talk and then I go to their Instagram and I'm like, I want to be involved with you on Instagram because I am old now and don't understand TikTok. <laughs> TikTok's like, it's a little bit harder because you can't just message anybody. Like, yeah. I find that it's it was a little like jarring for me at first too, just like everything being video um, and like not seeing everybody laid out before you, like you really can only watch one TikTok at a time. Yes. But yeah. TikTok is how I found you. Yeah. Here I'm, we so, are. I'm so glad. Everybody finds me on TikTok. TikTok. I, I love TikTok for the way that it gets you out there and like, gives you the reach that Instagram really cannot give you right yeah. away. So um, our next segment is talking about where have you seen fat representation in like movies and TV growing up and how did that impact you as a kid? Yeah, um, the first time I remember realizing that there was fat representation was Cameron Mannheim because she wrote a book, I believe it was called Look Mom, I'm Fat. Oh, and that was, and it was her in a one piece bathing suit with like a, uh, sash, like a, Oh, like a pageant pageant. Vibe. sash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time. And I remember that and I don't remember where I saw her talking about it or whatever, but I was like, wow, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and Interestingly, when I was growing up and thought I was going to be an actor, my dad used to tell me like, oh, well, you can be the like, you know, the 
the body, uh, like sexy, you know, like the Mae West. And he'd tell me that a lot. And as I got older, I realized like he needs to see anything modern (laughs) because that is not, that is not an archetype anymore. Like we don't have that. That's not a thing anymore. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Um, But I think the, the first time that I actually felt represented was Fat Amy um, because, because I remember just from the promos, my friends were calling me and being like, are you going to see this movie? There's a girl who's like you because I was calling myself fat. I was making these jokes. And so oh, okay. they were like, she's, you know, she's making the fat jokes about herself and you make the fat jokes about yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it hurts so much. Like the betrayal is so personal to me. Wow. Um, did do you still like feel that connection to fat Amy? Um, you know, not necessarily like despite Rebel Wilson's weight loss, but like just the time that has passed, like do you still find her to be like important to you? I think in the first movie, um, she was she was um I know that I know that she's problematic, but she was this this representation that I wanted, right? Like mm-hmm. we see her in the pool surrounded by these hot men, these mm-hmm. traditionally attractive fit men. And I was like, this is beautiful. And then when she gets with Bumper, who treated her like shit, I was like, oh, they've 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 destroyed this character for me. So just in the first movie, yeah. Um, and and you know her her sideways running, um, I, her horizontal running, her no cardio for her. I felt that that was me, mm-hmm. you know. And I again, I'm aware it's problematic, but that's no. It's it's a weird thing because it's like it's almost reclaiming fat stereotypes, but then it's in such a way that it's also upholding them. So it's like very yeah. tricky because yeah. depending on what lens you watch it through, whereas it's like maybe you or me could watch it and be like, fuck yeah, I hate cardio. But then thin people are going to watch it and be like, obviously fat people don't do cardio. (laughs) You know? It's tricky. It's, it reminds me of, I, I'd met uh, Whitney way Thor. I got to interview her twice and she, the first time she offered me cookies and I don't eat cookies. It's a long story, but I don't eat cookies. And she getting the joke was like, you don't eat cookies, but you're fat. And I was like, I know it's unbelievable. (laughs) Um, It was just so nice to have another fat. She was one of the first fat people I got to interview. And it was so beautiful. Now that I'm remembering, it was so beautiful because I got to talk to her about things. And she said afterwards, you're the first person who didn't ask me why I use the term fat. We started from a place of knowledge and kept going and got to really talk in depth. And I was like, yeah, I know why you use fat. Like, we're good. That's amazing. She's amazing. What a cool, cool, cool experience. And like, I love that you were able to like give her something special by being a fat host and reporter. That's like amazing. And that that's I just like that warms my heart (laughs) it warms my heart too it was really special I got to interview her twice and it was really she's such a sweetheart yeah that's amazing um so were there any other like as you grew up 
or even more recent like fat representations that stuck with you? I'm not really sure. I don't not not that stuck with me, I guess, because I know that I'd get excited when I see them, but I can't think of any that like stuck with me. I know that, you know, Ursula is an icon and um, an icon. And I remember when I got to interview Marin Dungey from um, Once Upon a Time, and I got to ask her, I said, you know, Ursula being one of the few fat icons, was there ever a discussion of you gaining weight or wearing a fat suit? And she said, no, but I'm also not purple. And I went, okay. I think that a lot of the time, it just doesn't occur to Hollywood. Like, yes, that anyone Maybe. would want to see a fat person or that that would be important or that that would help them sell tickets. Absolutely. It's something that like really drives me crazy as someone who is actively fighting for body diversity. You know, mm-hmm. we've we've gotten to see it in uh, some animation. Um, there was a show called Marvel Rising and they literally had each of the characters uh, with different body types. We had tall and thin and muscular and, and fat and, and it was amazing. Um, and that was just so beautiful because they could, and you have shows like She-Ra and the Princesses of Power where like, you know, it's not like the original Shira where they took the same body and just stamped a different costume and a different color on it. Right. We have different body types. And so animation is starting to do it. It'd be really nice now to see more diversity in cast uh, if you're going to have an ensemble, a great show is single drunk female Mm. to see all those different body types is so beautiful. Um, And Astrid and Lily, which has two plus leads. It's just, I, there's, there's such, such slow progress being made. And it, it's, what is it? One step forward, two steps back. Cause then you've got the thing about Pam. Right. Oh my God. Have you interviewed people who have worn fat suits? I have not, um, but I was there when press asked the producers why they put Renee Zellberg in a fat suit instead of casting a fat person. And what did they say? When two-time Oscar winner Renee Zellberger wants to play Pam, you let her play Pam. Oh, my God. That was the answer. Yeah. And, you know, I think it just comes down to like there aren't enough famous fat people because fat people don't get opportunities. So it's like a vicious circle. It's what's really ridiculous is we continue to have um, we have fat people who win awards. We have had multiple fat actors who have won the Oscar and as we can see, every time a person of color wins an Oscar, they get knocked down and they do not get another opportunity the same way that when white actors win an Oscar, they do. Monique won an Oscar. Octavia Spencer won an Oscar. They are Oscar winners. They should be getting more opportunities. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Soapbox moment, but so important. <laughs> so important. And I think that it's like we have such a cultural inability to take fat people seriously. So, like, the Oscars, the ultimate, like, serious, legitimate stamp of Hollywood, like, approval and high art. Like, it makes sense to me that even though we see a fat person win, it would still not... We still don't think of fat people as being Oscar winners, if that makes sense. I mean, obviously, the fat people who have won Oscars are Oscar winners, but we don't associate fatness with being someone who could win an Oscar, Absolutely. And I think that a lot of times, you know, 
I see castings that are looking for diversity. And what they mean is they mean diversity in skin tone. Yes. That is essentially all they mean. Super common in musical theater, which is where I, uh, is my background. Right. It is so normal for them to literally list all of the different diversities they want and then just like casually leave out size or to then say, looking for people between these weights, looking for fit actors, looking for, you know what I mean? Um, Any of that like kind of coded language. And it feels like within that like looking for diversity and it's only in skin tone or it's only in race there is like such an acceptable way to be quote diverse end quote and that like also really ties in with colorism really ties in with ableism it's like in order to be a person of color who was taken seriously you have to be as conventionally attractive as close to fitting western beauty standards as possible in order to count towards that diversity quota and like have them be interested in you quote for the diversity end quote yes um i know there's a audio podcast so no one could hear my nodding but i was nodding um, yeah. <laughs> i it's it's so obnoxious um that when castings ask for diversity, they're not looking for size diversity. They're not looking for disabilities. They're not looking for um, queer people. They're not looking for anything but a yeah. different skin tone. And it is very, very annoying. Um, and and in hosting, I see castings that that ask for you to be um, model type or yeah. uh, fitness or wellness, which is just their way of saying thin. All of those are words for thin. And I don't understand why me standing there reading a teleprompter or me interviewing somebody requires a specific body type. Like I could understand um, if I needed to play, uh, you know, a Victoria's Secret model from the 90s. Sure. I'm not tall enough. I'm not thin enough. My boobs are too big, but I'm not. I gave up on acting. I am a host. I need to be myself and I need to stand there. Why do I need to look a certain way? Yeah. I think it goes back to that idea of like performers' bodies as being ornamental, Mm. which is also like definitely sometimes hits up against misogyny. Like there's an intersection with that. And um, particularly from my experiences in musical theater, there is like still showgirl culture. It's like deeply embedded in, but there is very much a thing in a lot of theater circles, particularly the ones that are not so progressive or that are like deeply entrenched in their like, you know, traditions and their culture um, of like these sort of big old, often regional theaters, but also it happens on Broadway, it happens everywhere, it happens in freaking high schools. But like, there is this expectation of like the women's bodies being ornamental and like the chorus, the dancing chorus wearing skimpy outfits and they all have to have the same body type. And so they all look, quote, look uniform, end quote. So there are a bunch of girls that like look the same. And like, those are usually the ones where tokenism is the worst too. And there's like just one one who's not white yeah it's uh it's something i was teaching so i teach jewish sunday school it is a Ah. job and um i was teaching my students we were talking about it somehow came up (laughs) i didn't bring it up which i appreciate but we took the time to talk about diversity on screen and it was really an interesting conversation and we talked about and i revealed to them that one of my biggest pet peeves is when you have a show that is a, a diverse ensemble but has a white lead like they're like, okay, we're going to be, everybody's going to be diverse, but it has to still have a white lead. And then it feels like tokenism because you do have, you know, a one of each. And uh, I'm like, but 
but you could not. That's it's so common. It's so common. And I feel like where representation advances, it so rarely does in protagonists. Mm. And like that is true of fat things as well, which is why I'm so impressed by things like Astrid and Lily or like Thunder Force, where like the lead is fat. The show is about a fat person. And I can count on maybe two hands now, which is exciting, the amount of shows where the lead is fat. Yeah, I mean, literally starting off this year, knowing that we had Astrid and Lily coming and mm-hmm. we had um, single drunk female and then single black female. And yeah. uh, they're just little little baby steps. And it's so wonderful. Totally. Rutherford yes, Falls also. And um, and I mean, if you go back a little further, like My Mad Fat Diary and right. Dietland and um, even Ro- Dietland. Roseanne. Why would... are you breaking my heart? I know. I love Dietland so much. I have gushed about it so many times on this podcast. If anyone, if you're listening and you still haven't watched Dietland, this is your sign. <laughs> Go watch Dietland. Um, anyway, I also wanted to ask you about um, Beanie Feldstein's Fanny Bryce, because as also a plus-size Jewish woman, um, I am very curious, what's your take on that? I know this is going to come out a little bit later, so this may not be as topical when this episode comes out, but as it stands now, Funny Girl has recently opened. I am going to go see it next week. I'm so excited. And uh, yeah, I'm wondering what what are your thoughts? I think that it's really, I think anything Beanie Feldstein does is amazing and I'm so happy for her and like just seeing more fat women do fat things, but like to see her in this role that I know is an iconic, uh, a Jewish role and is important is really beautiful. And I wish her the best. And I, I am pretty sure I know her canter. Shut up. I love that. Oh my God. Oh, I love the interconnected of the Jewish and the entertainment. So great. Um, while I have you here, let's talk a little bit more about Jewish representation. Yes. And um, do you see that as having any overlap with fat stuff? And are you ever bothered by non-Jewish actors playing Jewish roles? You know, yes. (laughs) Yes, I'm bothered. Um, I think that, does it overlap? I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's, I'm fighting for so many things that um, it almost feels, it feels like the world doesn't care as much as I do. Right. So like, I guess I tend to keep my um, fight for Jewish representation quieter than my fight for plus representation. And maybe it's because, you know, the average woman is plus size. And so there's more people to be there and stand in my corner to argue that they'd like to see themselves. I'm sure that people not in the entertainment industry and not in the entertainment world would like to see themselves represented. Um, and most people not in LA, I would say, are probably fat based on statistics. We know this. So it's funny how um, based on like just your background, you notice things so differently. Like I was just telling someone about how I remember I got fat really quickly when I hit puberty and I was about 10. And like from before then, I never noticed fat representation ever since then. I like immediately I clocked every single little bit mm. immediately. Yeah. It's really crazy. That's so true. 
It's like your brain just filters for it. And my brain will never not filter for that, even if I, even if a magic wand was waved and I was skinny for the rest of my life. Like, now my brain is going to look for that forever. But when I was younger and had never been fat, I didn't even clock it. Right. It's it's really the the thing where, like, you don't notice the problem until it affects you. Yes. And, like... Um, you know, you don't notice that the stores don't carry a certain size because you were never looking for that size. Exactly. And I think that's why it's that's why, like you're saying, it's so important to be fighting this fight because there are so many people who are like who are in this situation, like 60 percent of American women are in this situation and like deserve representation and probably want it on some level, even if they they don't realize it yet. Yeah, I mean, I was asked once uh, by a friend, I was auditioning for something and I was like, I'm not going to get it, but I'm going to audition anyway because might as well submit. And she's like, well, why do you say that? And I went, I never get anything from an audition. And she asked how I've worked. And I said, I work because either I know somebody and they know that I am capable and good at my job mm-hmm. or they're a fat woman and they want to see someone who looks like them in on camera yeah so that is what i have learned is that my opportunities are not the same as you know the thin hosts because they can audition and submit because they are what everyone's looking for and i have to know somebody or they have to be a fat person who's casting it or producing it because they want to see someone like themselves on camera yeah and so it really is that you know the people who aren't fat are thinking that nobody wants to see that but mm-hmm. everybody wants to see it right i mean it's oh it goes back to the dating thing you have those guys who are like you're so hot and you're so sexy and then you're like no thank you and they go whatever you're a fat ugly whore anyway yeah exactly it's like <laughs> yeah i i know your feelings are hurt but you're into it i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah you outed yourself man so right. go you have to go sit with that now You have to to know that for the rest of your life. Um, (laughs) It's actually, it's so sad how that shows up in dating. How like, especially, I mean, particularly men feel the need to, I mean, I think men have the audacity too. So it's men. Um, Men feel the need to distance themselves from fatness, especially when they're attracted to it sometimes. Like they want to treat fat women terribly, like sex toys or whatever, so that they won't have to like, have it reflect on them that that's what they're attracted to it is so fucking obvious you are all telling on yourselves um it reminds me of actually a few things we've talked about reminds me of Mm -hmm. one of the fat romance novels that i was reading um, (laughs) called um one to watch so if you haven't Mm -hmm. read that one Mm -hmm. read that one uh it's about a fat girl on a dating show like a bachelor type show which is very similar also to the plot of If the Shoe Fits, which is... I love um, If the Shoe Fits. Julie Murphy's book. Ugh, I love that. And I don't know why I fell into this rabbit hole of fat romance novels. Yeah, well, it's, but... it's, it's the genre that seems to be growing its representation the quickest. Yeah. Because women are way more willing to write about this. I think that women, based on not being the like dominant patriarchal identity in one way, are more likely to question body standards, which have also been like applied to them so much more harshly. And so I think that it makes a lot of sense that the genres of 
particularly books that are growing in representation are the ones that are like led by women. Yeah. Um, well, I'm writing one and hopefully it will come out and people will love it. <laughs> Is it too early to ask you to do an elevator pitch? Um, yes. Okay. No worries. <laughs> it's way too early. Okay. Didn't know how far along this was, but um, wishing you all the best with that. I can't wait to read it one day. Thank you. I can't wait for it to be done so that I can <laughs> go back and be like, does this make sense? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's so freaking cool. I am so I've been so missing books with fat protagonists for so long. I can remember every single one that I read from the ages of 10 to 20. Wow. Because there were five. Oh, my God. So I can remember them all. You know, there were so few. Um, I read five, four or five in the last month. Well, there's more now, but this now was, there are so many. More. I was 25 years ago. I see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's so many more now, and it's so wonderful. And really, reading fat uh, romance, I, I was never a big romance, but I was never a book reader. But now reading yeah. fat romance, I mean, literally hearing about fat bellies and like thick thighs and huge boobs. I'm like, yes, tell me more. Mm. Tell me more about a body that looks like a body I know. Exactly. And honestly, I have always kind of liked romance, or at least it's been like sort of a quote, guilty pleasure, end quote. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten to the point now that like, I struggle to read books where the characters are repeatedly sort of glorified for their thinness, either by the other characters or just by the tone of the book. Mm. Um, which is tricky because some of my favorite books have it and it's so common yeah and I'm just I just don't understand why you have to describe their appearance at all I mean in a romance novel or a sex scene I get it more but like in just purely a book it's not that necessary sometimes I wish that you would just let me self-insert just let me self-insert you know (laughs) (laughs) another question for you yeah as we are moving forward into an era where You know, we know we're the majority. We have some really amazing things happening. How can we like keep this going? As someone who's in the industry, do you have any anything you wish for either consumers of entertainment or creators of entertainment to improve fat representation? Wow, what a hard question. Um, (laughs) It's a big one. Here's what I know consumers can do. Um, I have seen, and this is in the pre-Musk days, uh, I've seen Twitter be used as a tool um, to get things done, right? Shows yeah. have been saved by Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they used to call Scandal the show that Twitter built. So like, yeah. I I know that fans being vocal and gathering on social platforms, those types of campaigns, um, I know that those do work sometimes. That said, I know that a show getting canceled doesn't always get saved. It doesn't matter how many people love it. Yeah, Something to keep in mind. I think that uh, actively sharing what you love and getting people to watch it, views are what matters, right? So like yeah. Astrid Lilly at time of recording has not been renewed. Uh, so let's do something about that. Um, watch it if you haven't already watch single drug female even though it's been renewed for a second season like literally Mm -hmm. people watching it tells the network they want people want more of it yeah i think that is what consumers can do um as for creatives and uh industry folks 
you personally might not like fat people and that you can deal with on your own. The world is aware that fat people exist. Mm -hmm. So you might want to put them in things, right? Like we exist and we don't all hate ourselves. That's like a real key. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when This Is Us started, I was so excited to see Chrissy Metz Mm -hmm. and then I watched it and her entire storyline for however many seasons is she's sad because she's fat and she's fat because she's sad. Even right. even when she had this baby issue with how she's going to have a baby, it was about her being fat. Right. Like, th- that's literally been her storyline yeah. the whole time. So, um, you know, put fat people in things. They don't all hate themselves. <laughs> those are my Those are my big takeaways. Yeah. I think the sad because she's fat and fat because she's sad is just sums up so much detrimental, like entertainment, frankly, propaganda. That's definitely true of some people, but the way that entertainment would have you believe it's true of literally 100% of us. It's something I, when when the show came out, I bitched to a lot of people about it, uh, mm-hmm. especially because the promo made it look like her and Justin Hartley were a couple and then they were brother and sister. So there was no chance of it ever happening, which like thankfully no incest yeah (laughs) she should you i want to see i want to see a fat woman with a traditionally attractive man because we do not see that we see the opposite Mm -hmm. all the time yeah Um, but i think that um one of the things that really was just so heartbreaking as i told people about this was the amount of people who said well yeah you're the exception like you're you know you're not you don't hate your body and that's not true for most people yeah and do you know what? It wouldn't be true if more yeah. people wouldn't hate themselves, if there were more representation. Exactly. Like, it took me so long to start realizing that my body is fine, if not incredible, the way that it is. And so if there was more representation, I could have been here years ago. Yes. I looked so terrible and miserable in high school because there were no options for me, but also because no one could tell me how to dress. It wasn't until I had a stylist who told me where to put a skirt that I started realizing how to dress my body. Mm-hmm. And if I could have seen people who look like me on TV, then maybe I could have figured out not to wear mom jeans when they weren't cool. Right. Yeah, I mean, I like thinking back to high school, like I starved myself so I could stay in the largest straight size. Like I like I felt that it was so incredibly high stakes for me to still be able to shop at the stores where my peers shopped because that felt like my whole reputation was riding on that. So I felt like I had no choice. I um, because because my mother is foreign um, was I was never shopping where all the other kids my age were shopping oh i was i was fully using my babysitting money my mother doesn't buy believe in retail um Mm. we we were we were goodwill only household but um i i would save up my pennies and go buy my like american eagle jeans or whatever i never uh i owned just walmart mom jeans because those were what fit me um it took me until college no after college Mm -hmm. to understand the reason you saw girls thongs i'm now aging myself the reason you saw the girls thongs sticking (laughs) out of their pants was because they were wearing low rise 
I like could not grasp the concept of why you'd see everyone's butt crack because <laughs> I never owned low rise jeans because they didn't come in my size and my yeah. mom is foreign. So like she never, we never put any of these things together. And my friends, I didn't find out until the end of high school, used to know that I wore what they called high rise jeans. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I thought I just wore jeans. Honestly, reading The Click and Pretty Little Liars and all the books that taught me to, like, never be fat, mm. um, <laughs> those taught me fashion as well and what was cool and what wasn't. And that felt incredibly high stakes after reading those. So, um, unfortunately, I always felt like I sort of had my nose pressed to the glass of both fashion and popularity. And that my fatness was the glass. (laughs) All right. Well, we're getting very deep now, but we actually do have to wrap this up. So to conclude, I would love to um, get your five favorite Instagram follows and then plug your own things and where we can find you. Um, Okay. So I'm going to say for plus fashion, I'm going to say the plus bus Mm -hmm. Um, in Los Angeles. They're wonderful. Follow them on Instagram. Favorite skirts from there. I just posted a skirt from there. Hey. Um, 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 uh, I want the Unplug Collective. I oh, they're, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, shit, this is hard. Uh, it's okay. We can keep it to three if you want. Uh, uh, follow. Who do I like to follow? Oh, I started following this girl who's a TikToker. I'm pulling up my Instagram as we talk. Um, and I want to say her name is Natalie, but I don't know because, sorry, girls with. Uh, regular names i always forget what your names are um <laughs> nope that's not it yes her name is natalie the the instagram is natalie in the city underscore um she's a size 18 and she's 5'2 and so as somebody who's i'm not that short but as somebody who isn't tall um i really like to see her style yeah so uh those are the three i'm gonna go with awesome so where can we find you on social media and the Fat Girl Show and like all of the things that you do? Yeah, so I am everywhere at Yell Teagle. That is Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Well, I'm still on Twitter for now. On Instagram, I do have a TikTok, but I barely use it. Um, mm-hmm. For the Fat Girl Show, just follow at the Fat Girl Show on Instagram. And then there's also the thefatgirlshow.com, which is where I write uh things um if you want to see the worst most offensive uh fat movie to come out in 2022 it's called butter you can go read my scathing review because that shit is terrible sorry Mm. to swear but it is the worst my Um, god we're gonna have to do a we do bonus episodes on specific movies tv pieces of fat representation that's it's going on the list oh it is it is atrocious. Oh my um, god! You got to read what I wrote about it because I <laughs> literally quoted it, so it's bad. Um, <laughs> that's on thefatgirlshow.com. dot uh, com. If you want to see me uh, hosting and things, mm-hmm. I have a podcast called Law and Order S Review, which is an after show for Law and Order Special Victims Unit, the greatest show of all time. Love. <laughs> yes. Um, and I host the official Leverage Redemption After Show, a very distinctive podcast. That's the full title um, on the Electric Now app. So if you watch Leverage Redemption on Amazon Freevee, formerly known as Amazon IMDb TV, you can then go to the Electric Now app and watch the official Leverage Redemption After Show. Oh, and I host a show on the Hollywood Critics Association YouTube channel called Hollywood Approved, where we talk about what we have watched recently with celebrities. 
Awesome. Love yeah. all of that. Everybody go follow Yell. And thank you so, so much for coming on. It was so great to get to talk to you. I've been following you for quite a while now, like since around this podcast got started and just think Aww. what you do is so amazing and so cool. And yeah, you're great. You're amazing. I think what you do is so beautiful. And genuinely, when I started seeing your TikToks, I was like, well, I'm not doing these. <laughs> She's got it. You're doing this great. I'm not going to be able to do this better. Well, um, that's how I feel about your like writing and, and everything that you do as far as like categorizing entertainment media and like bringing all the fat stuff together. Because like that's kind of I, I try to make that an element of this podcast, but... Um, it it has ended up being more like analysis and discussion and feelings. Sounds like we should we should merge. Sounds um, like we should uh, we should be working together here. <laughs> here we are, day one, step one. Love it. Well, thank you again, and have an amazing night. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to More Than Tracy Turnblad. If you liked it, hit subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you'd like to support the podcast on Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash more than Tracy T, where we put out special content like bonus episodes and written blog posts. If you'd like to support more than Tracy Turnblad, the solo show at the Edinburgh Fringe, please head to our GoFundMe. Link is in the description and we really appreciate your support. Follow us on social media at more than Tracy T and head to more than Tracy for more information. Mm-hmm.